You and I read the book of Ephesians and the first name that we see in that chapter. Chapter 1, we see the word or the name Paul. And I love that because of because it takes a man who transformed his life. And when he transformed his life, we see a total man because he was the guy that was going around to the people who had obeyed the gospel who were following the way, and he was dragging them out of their houses and having them killed, and he had permission from the governor to do this. And then we see where he was blinded, and he was blind for three days. During that time, he looked up, and he says, Is that you, Lord? And then Jesus said, And why do you persecute me? And, he, and Jesus told him, he said, go to a street called Straight. And it'll be told there what you must do to be what? Saved. And a guy by the name of Ananias said, hey, I don't want to mess with him. He's a guy that's in town. He's murdering everybody. And I don't want to be associated with him. But who provided for Ananias to talk to Saul? And later his name changed to Paul. So what do we see? A transformed man. And the rest of Paul's life he spent encouraging, writing, conforming, and saying, hey guys, this is what we get to do for the cause of Christ. And that's where it brings us to, as we looked at chapter 1, some blessings that we get to praise our Father. And now we look today in chapter 1, starting in verse 15. I'll be reading out of the New International in verse 15. It says, for this reason, ever since I heard about your faith, in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. In verse 16, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. In 17, he says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparable great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength. Let's pray together, all right? Thank you, Father, that we get to read the word. Thank you, God, for the power of the Holy Spirit. And God, the powerful man, the Apostle Paul, as he encourages us and reminds us to pray like we mean it. Help us to be serious in our praying and to be men and women of prayer instead of men and women of opinions. But help us, God, to be reflecting on the, from the cross, the cross that exemplified grace and forgiveness and healing. Thank you for that example that Paul writes and help us, God, to surrender every day. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. A fellow by the name of Joe Wright prayed a prayer at Kansas State Senate in Wichita, Kansas, and he prayed this before the legislation. He said, Heavenly Father, we come before you to ask your forgiveness and to seek your direction and guidance. And we know your word says, Woe to those who call evil good 
But that is exactly what we have done. We have lost our spiritual equilibrium and reversed our values. We confess we have ridiculed the absolute truth of your word and called it pluralism. We have worshipped other gods and called it multiculturalism. And we have endorsed perversion and called it an alternative lifestyle. We have exploited the poor and called it the lottery. We have killed our unborn and called it choice. We have rewarded laziness and called it welfare. We have shot abortionists and called it justifiable. We have neglected to discipline our children and called it building self-esteem. We have abused power and called it politics. We have coveted our neighbor's possessions and called it ambition. We have polluted the air with pornography and profanity and called it freedom of expression. We have ridiculed the time-honored values of our forefathers and called it enlightenment. Search us, God, and know our hearts today. Cleanse us from every sin and set us free and guide us and bless these men and women who have been sent to direct us to the center of your will. And I ask you in the name of your Son, the living Savior, Jesus Christ, amen. Two things about that prayer. They'll never forget it. The second thing, they'll never ask him back again. And how many people, true story, walked out while he's praying? And they also walked out on the prophets. And they also walked out on Jesus and they nailed him to the cross. And Joe Wright says it. You know, he's not politically correct. He wasn't intending to be politically correct, was he? And while in a school of prayer, or excuse me, I invited a class to have some time for prayer. We started at 10 o'clock at night, and we was going to end about 5 or 6 in the morning. A class of 50. At 10 o'clock, there was eight students showed up. Keep in mind, all these guys are at school to become preachers. 10 o'clock, eight guys showed up. So during that time, from 10 o'clock to midnight to about 1 o'clock, the prayers were just, God, guard, and direct us. Thank you for the weather. Thank you for the... And about 2 o'clock, the praying started. And I noticed across that room, there were different prayers. As people were unloading, unloading their hearts. Because before it was just mundane, mundane. And then two o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock, and I'd hear a different, I'd hear a different prayer. At midnight, some of those guys hadn't prayed. And then they started kicking in because they hadn't didn't have anything to say, and then all of a sudden. They were prostrate before the Father in that prayer. Pray like you mean it. Pray like you mean it. Pray like we mean it. 
Number one in verse 15 says, as Paul is writing in verse 15, he said, ever since I heard about your faith, man, I love that. I, lo I heard about your faith and I heard about your, and your love. And that balances it out, doesn't it? We all want to have balance. We know what a level is and why do you have a level? You know, why and when someone builds something, they want it to be level. And they'll put that level up against that beam or against that wall, and they want the floor to be level. And the floor isn't level in here, is it? And so they try to fix the leveling. And God is saying, Paul is saying, to level your life, to balance your life, have a, be a man or woman of faith. Can, wouldn't that be neat? The father walks in, Paul walks in, he said, I've been praying for your faith, and, and I admire you because of your faith and your love. The next line it says after love, love for who? The saints. What saints are they? Just the ones that they like, the ones they like to run with, the ones that dress like them, drive like them, live like them, and just this clientele, cliquish, client, you know, is that the only ones that you're praying for? But notice all the saints. Man, I love that, don't you? You know, how many times we'll walk into a room and we'll notice things change and we walk out and then things pick back up. Or we walk in and say, you know, cover your mouth because, hey, here comes so-and-so. You got to be careful what you say. But what about men and women of faith? Men and women that love all the saints, how it balance out. And here's the question. Are we growing in our faith? Are we growing in our love for the saints? If, I, if I'm not growing in love for the saints, then I'm not growing in my love for who? And so, how's your prayer life? Do I really, am I serious about my prayer life? And I'm, am I praying like I mean it? Number two, in verse 16. I have not stopped giving thanks. Man, that's beautiful. Somebody's given thanks for us. He heard about their faith, number one, and he's never stopped giving thanks. And what's the next word? And praying. Man, I love that, don't you? I love that. And how many times in your home, and you won't let anybody leave, there's a family here by the name of Jim and Judy Roberts. And any time you go see those people, they will not let you leave without what? Ever happened to you, Apple? They won't let you leave, will you? Try to get out the door, I'm going to get out the door, and they won't let you leave. And TJ says, well, let's pray. And isn't that a good, and that's number one, because of their faith and their love. And then number two, I'm always giving thanks. I remember the story that DJ shared with us, and she's standing in front of the convenience store, and she's watching people come and go, and all of a sudden there comes a, a lady walks in the door, and soon as, before she gets to the door, DJ says, I notice there's something bothering you. You're a troubled girl, a troubled lady. And the gal just broke down, bawling, crying. Man, isn't that neat that somebody paid attention and said, let me what? Let me pray. Let me help. That's what Paul's saying right there on number two. Always and never stop giving what? Giving thanks and praying. And that's a great reputation in it. Somebody shows up and said, praying is getting ready to take place. And giving thanks is getting ready to take place. Number three in verse 17. I keep asking 
that the Lord, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Notice the next line, that spirit of revelation so that you may what? Know him better. In James chapter 1 verse 5 says, If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives how? Who gives what? Generously and not without reproach. Give generously and without reproach and it will be given him. So what do I get to do? I get to pray and I get to ask. Sometimes I'm asking for trivial things, but what about asking my Father and my Father in heaven who will give generously? And that's good news, isn't it? James 1 and verse 5. Why the Spirit, number 4. Why the Spirit in verse 17b. Spirit of wisdom. What's the last two blanks on number 4? To know Him. Here's your scripture I want you to memorize, all right? Philippians 3 and verse 10. It said, I want to know Christ. You hear that? Philippians 3, verse 10. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. How much power was in the resurrection? I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. Now, here's the tough part. And the fellowship. What's fellowship mean? And a fellowship of his sufferings. <clears throat> Anytime that Miss T prepares a meal and there's only one boy around the table. She doesn't pay attention to it. She just keeps on eating, doesn't she? She doesn't, she doesn't ask Memphis, hey Memphis, what's going on? She just said, oh, it's alright, they left them. They miss out. Oh, they're out there in the street playing. Leave them alone. They'll be all right. Does that ever happen at Miss T in Memphis House? But how about us when we're, when we're talking about, you hear that word fellowship? You know, why is every mom here in the audience looking for your, all your chickens, all your kids? And you name them. If you have several of them, you, you, you've got them numbered or you know you're looking for them because that fellowship is important, isn't it? But what about the fellowship of the sufferings of Christ? And what kind of sufferings did he do and before he even died on a cross? That I may know him, that I may know Christ, and, uh, and his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, and become like him in his death. I like that next, next two words, and somehow attain, attain to the resurrection from the dead. What is your determination? How's your prayer life? Are you praying like you mean it? It's not easy for someone. It's not easy for people to stand up here and pray publicly. I was sitting by a guy Friday night at a football game, and he said, man, I don't like to talk in front of people. And he used to be on that gridiron on that football field, and he was a quarterback, and he'd shout out the numbers. He didn't hesitate. I said, what's the deal there, big boy? You didn't hesitate to go after that guy. If you threw the ball and they intercepted it, you didn't hesitate. You didn't go to the sideline, did you? Where'd you go? Where was you going? You was going after that guy who had intercepted that ball, and you're going to make sure he's tackled, and you're going to mow anybody down, so you're going to get that ball. But yet we can't stand up and pray to God. What's the deal? 
but who gave you the courage to go tackle that guy and because you're going to stop him. It's not easy to stand up and pray, but who'll give the courage? Remember the story I told you of the man that prayed for an hour during the assembly? Worship to God. Prayed for an hour. Back door, going out, everybody leaving, and the lady walked up to him and said, Hey, Hoss, you need to pray more at home. Guess what he told her? I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> and I love it. I love that attitude, don't you? I love that attitude because here's he, he's praying like he means it. I want to pray like I mean it. Pray like I mean it. And because I want, to, I want to know him. Number five, in verse 18, it says, I pray also that, your eye, that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. That enlightened means opened. That the eyes of your heart will be opened in order that you may know the what? Hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Amen. Got two words on number five. Why did Paul keep praying? That we may know the hope and inheritance. Amen. Anytime a person gets a new job, they want to know, what are they going to pay me? What are the benefits? How much sick leave do I have? You're going to take care of my hospital bill. You're going to take care of my health needs. You're going to take care of all this. Well, know the benefits. How about us showing up and say, God, you've always been taking care of me. You've always been taking care of me, and I know you're going to take care of me now, and I'm just going to go to work, and I'm going to represent the Lord today. Number six. Verse 19 says, And his incomparable great power Amen. Is in comparable great power for us who believe. The power is like the working in his mighty strength. The benefit of believing is that word called power. Because we've got the power of the Holy Spirit, and the reason is because of our response to him. Just like what happened in that transformed life by the name of Paul. And that transformed life never changed. And he ended up taking his head off and representing. And all those apostles, they lost their life and they were killed because they preached Jesus, and him crucified. But what are the benefits? You know, we talk about benefits, but what are the, what are the benefits? Why is he calling us? What is he calling us to do? What, do you, what is he calling us to become? Number one, he's calling us to be holy. And he's calling us, secondly, to a life of freedom. That freedom's in Christ, isn't it? It's not outside of Christ, but that freedom is in Christ. And the third one is that we be united in one body. Amen? I mean, that holiness and that freedom and call us a united into, into one body. This last week was funeral week for me. Attended two funerals, and there was celebration, and there was laughter, and there was tears, there was happiness. You know why? Because they were united in Christ in that one body. And they had freedom in Christ. Because you and I have gone to funerals where they were not united in Christ. They had no peace. They had no holiness. And they had no freedom. How was that funeral? 
And how many times we ask, I wonder the destination. And we always ask that, don't we? Why do we always ask that? And so why don't we talk to the living instead of talk to the dead? Talk to the living about what my responsibility is. And then that verse, remember we covered that verse in Ephesians 1 verse. Now Philippians 3 verse 10. In the fellowship of his what? Suffering. There's, that's going to happen if I'm preaching Christ. Amen. And if I'm leaning on him and trusting in him. Pray, let's pray like we mean it. Are you and I any different when we walk out the door? Are we just like the world? When I walk out that door and I go to the car, between here and the car, and then I get in the car, am I just like the world or am I just like that one body of Christ? Am I like that holiness? Am I praying like I mean it? And somebody pulls out in front of me, that gives me an opportunity to pray, doesn't it? Instead of what? There's another opportunity to pray. Pray like I mean it. So there's a great avenue. And then the popo pulls me over. What am I going to call him? Or what am I going to call her? Or is she going to be grateful? Is, are they going to be grateful they pull me over? And because I got, I got to let my light shine. Not my mouth, but the light of Christ and the salt of the earth shine and made it pleasure. You think it's any fun for those people to pull us over, pull anybody over? Do they know what's inside that car? They know what's going to happen. Because what's happening in our society. But you and I get to be the ones that are called to holiness because we're praying like we mean it. And we're called to freedom because we're praying like we mean it. And we're called to the one body of Christ because I was baptized into Christ just like Paul was back then. And Ananias baptized that clown and he was a changed life, and he blinded. You know, some people say he was saved right there. He was sure, a sure, miserable man being blinded. You know, when his happiness showed up, when he was baptized into Christ and washed away all of his sins and raised to walk in newness of life. Man, that's good news, isn't it? That is good news. I text an old woman in Tucson, Arizona. Now, and it's Lake Haversett. Arizona. I met her when she was 14. And I'm through the line that TJ throws on us. And TJ says, God has what? Big plans for your bones. TJ's added some words. Your bones. And so I shared that with that 14-year-old girl. And here last month, she was baptized into Christ. And so I I text her and I say, hey, what's a skinny old woman? And she said, what are you talking about? I said, I heard you are a transformed old lady. She said, the greatest decision I ever made in my life. Guess what kind of environment she'd been growing up in? No God. No God. N-O. No God. N-O, peace. K-N-O-W, God. K-N-O-W, peace. Now she, K-N-O-W, now she knows peace. Now she knows God, and she wants to know more about him, doesn't she? Because of a transformed life. Man, there's a joy. Pray like you mean it. Let's stand and sing.